As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you knew you were enough? What would your life look like? What would love look like? This is the Enough Factor Broadcast, where we're redefining what makes you enough in life and in love. Now here's your host, Suzette Birna. Hello and welcome to my Enough Factor podcast. It's your life coach and relationship solutionist, Suzette Viernan, and we have a wonderful episode for you today. But I want to say first, thank you. Thank you for those who always tune in week after week, because that's, you know what, without you, I wouldn't even have a podcast. And I also know that out of all the wonderful podcasts out there that you could be listening to, you decided to listen to me. And that makes me feel pretty darn special. The reason we're here is because you keep coming back for more. So I must be saying something that resonates with you. Now, if you're new, then I want you to know something. This podcast is to help you to redefine what makes you enough on your own terms. Because I'm telling you, If you don't define your enoughness for yourself, somebody else will define it for you. Can I get an amen? Okay. (laughs) But the way that we do it is we amplify what I call three critical factors of enoughness. And they are your voice, your value, and your vision. Today, to help me to do that is my special guest. My P2P sister, Miss Alexia Smith. And I am so thrilled because we've been trying to get this going for a while. Alexia is the owner of the Divine Perseverance and a coach, psychoeducator, and licensed mental health counselor. The cornerstone of her work is to help women uncover the divine lessons in their disappointments so they can create the futures they deserve with optimism and joy. She provides coaching and counseling services for individuals and groups and specializes in grief, childhood trauma, eating disorders in the Black community, and spirituality. As a survivor of childhood physical and sexual abuse, parental homicide and depression, she hopes to help other kindred spirits, one of which I am, who have broken parts of themselves that need restoration. So I want you to join me in giving an Enough Factor podcast welcome to none other than my friend, Alexia Smith. Welcome, Alexia! Thank you, Suzette. Hello, hello to everyone out there in podcast land. Suzette, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for that introduction. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. So glad we're finally here. 
<laughs> I am glad we're here because y'all, Alexia did something that very few people that I know have done. She decided <laughs> she was going to just just clear, just just go and move on me. As soon as I got used to her, she ups and decides where's she gonna go? Mexico. She goes to Mexico. Mexico. So she <laughs> she kissed America goodbye. <laughs> I was having a hard time. Look, and one of the things I needed to know is that I was enough to get up from a table where love was no longer being served. And in that moment, <laughs> I needed to get away from the U.S. And it has really been a loving, a loving choice for me. And so I think I'm so much more equipped better to serve everyone. And, you know, I'm getting my vitamin D and <laughs> learning my Spanish. So it's been a good move for me. <laughs> I am so glad. I've been looking forward to this because also listeners, Lexi and I had a deep conversation all, all the way back when uh, Will and Jada were having their thing on the red table where she talked about her entanglement. And we originally were going to talk about that, but I think we wore that out on Instagram. Don't you think we did? did. I think we did. I think we did. Yes. And, you know, I have moved on to new entanglement somehow or another during that period. And you don't know this. I uh, was searching something entanglements on YouTube related. And I found this website where these uh, these people who say sea lions who are stuck in entanglements. <laughs> they, they chase the sea lions and cut the cords off of them. And, and it, it's taking care of sea lion entanglements. And that is the entanglement that I have been on lately. I watch it every night before I go to bed, chasing <laughs> sea lions and saving them from sea entanglements. Yes. <laughs> well, I think we would all agree that that's a better entanglement than the one that's that she a better was talking about. Yes. Yes. So chase that those right. sea lions. <laughs> yes. Chase the sea lions, get them out of those entanglements. Well, listen. Absolutely. <laughs> I always like to start out my podcast by asking what I call a truth and dare question. Now, the good Ooh, okay. news is not like the traditional truth or dare question. The bad news is you don't get to decide. <laughs> okay. So do I have to do the truth or is it the day? <laughs> oh, honey, I have combined the two. So. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm ready. You're ready. So here goes. Okay. What is the truth that your relationship required you to see and dared you to take radical action about? Oh, repeat that one more time. Wow, that's a good one. One sure. more time. Yeah, what is a truth that your relationship required you to see and dared you to take radical action on? I would say the truth that my relationship with me is more important. It's the most important relationship in my life. And I had to... The, radically decide to make the same commitments, give the same investment, and give the same amount of grace and love to myself that I was trying to give to others. I had to make that radical decision. Isn't that yeah. true, though? I, I think that's it true is. for all of us because that is the most important relationship. Exactly. And, you know, I think that for me, you know, historically, I found myself in a lot of relationships where I wanted to prove how good of a woman I was. Um, not even necessarily just for romantic relationships or even friendships. You know, I'm the best friend. I'm the best family member, et cetera. And, you know, if you, you know, if we're talking about dating and things of that nature, we have the tendency to really do our do our darnest to show up like oh I'm just this great catch you know for me I'm a southern girl it didn't matter who you were you get cooked for you didn't have to earn it <laughs> you're getting full course meals and everything for me it was you know um with me being a counselor always trying to support people mentally um you know this kind of commitment to doing everything that I can to help others heal 
Um, and everything was really all about just, you know, hey, you know, look at me, look at this amazing person that I am, look at how committed I can be to you, regardless of your stuff, etc. But then I realized I wasn't giving that same level of commitment to myself. And so it's no wonder that a lot of my relationships would fail because my attention was on loving someone else rather than loving myself. And if I'm not loving myself, I'm useless Mm-hmm. to love someone else, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And I think sometimes we think that if we can love people good enough, it'll make mm-hmm. us good enough. You know? You said it. You yeah. got it. You got it. Mm-hmm. And I realized after the fact that loving someone good enough was a way of affirming myself. I didn't know how to do it myself. I had to be tied to someone else. And that is why a lot of the relationships that we, we go into, they, they fail because it's like you're, you're basing your enoughness on what someone else thinks of you when it really has to start here. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to do all this commitment for others, are you willing to do the same for yourself? And a lot of times we don't. We say we do, but we don't. <laughs> We don't. And that's the thing with with high achieving women like we are. I I say I'm a recovering high achieving woman. I have I have hung up my, you know, put my little running shoes. I put them in the closet. That that hustle. I'm telling you, I I can't do it no more. I just can't do it no more. Yes. But then I think, you know, it's almost like we're set up, though, because. By the time we enter into school, everything is about our performance. You know, whether we get an A versus an F, you know, even sometimes our parents don't think of it this way. They tell us they love us unconditionally, but that's not what we really experience. We experience Uh if you do what I tell you to do, then it's going to be good for you. If you don't do what I tell you to do and see, I'm old school. That means I was going to go out to the bush, get my own switch. <laughs> oh, listen here. I remember those switches. Yes. And don't bring back a sorry switch. <laughs> They'll send you back out and yeah. don't and and and, and get, get the the longest, most intimidating one that wraps around your body 55 five times every time they look switch. here. I have to I have to say tell this story. My grandmother had a switch called Dr. Pepper, which basically was a Three switches <laughs> that she got tired of us grabbing these sorry switches. She got them braided it up, put little rubber bands on it. And it was Dr. Pepper. You act up, you got to get Dr. Pepper. Why was it called Dr. Pepper? Because it will light your butt up. And that's what it was called. Girl. But yeah. yeah. And like with women, as says women, it's even, oh my goodness, it's even more because we have this um, expectation to show up a certain way based on our gender or based on our role as how we're supposed to show up as women, you know what I mean? So it's always this kind of, you know, performing this way, you know, you, you have to be smart, you have to be poised, you have to get things done, you have to get good grades, but we also have to, you know, don't be too sexual, you know, do, don't be too outgoing, you know, be ambitious, but not too much. You know, all these kind of different things that they put on us. And so it, it really does kind of throw you off. And so then you're going out here once you start getting into relationships and you're trying to build relationships, you're almost like, I, I want to be authentic, but I might need to dial back to authenticity because what I've learned is that it's not agreeable to others that that makes me unworthy. So mm-hmm. we really are set up. I agree with you 100%, especially in our society as black women as well. Oh, for real. Now, okay. So people hear the word authentic, right? And I want you to I want you to define it for for the high achieving woman, knowing, you know, this performance driven yeah. woman. Because a lot of times I don't think we really know what authentic is. Yeah, I think that and I think it goes back to performance. When you're a high achieving woman, there is almost a tendency that your default is performance. 
And so when you're doing performative acts, a lot of times the real you has to take a back seat, right? And so when I think about authenticity, it's about, you know, this is me completely who I am, regardless of how I perform or not, how I look or not, whatever. This is me when you strip everything away. And this is me in my happiest state. That is what I think is the main thing. Authenticity requires you to be in your most happiest and honest state. So you have to be authentic with who you want to be around. You want to be authentic with who you love. You want to be authentic about the type of music you like, the type of food that you want to do, the places that you want to go. And sometimes when you're authentic about that, society might think that there is some incongruence, right? And for us as professional high-achieving women, that happens all the time. You know, there's judgment if we're, you know, being too sexual. There's judgment if we decide we don't want to have kids. There's judgment if you decide that you want to get, you don't want to marry, you know, all the different things that are given to us as expectations of women. If that's not what you authentically want, you're not being authentic. <laughs> but it's so hard for us, it's so hard for you to just not do that in a society. So if you can be authentic and manage to say, this is me, and even though the expectation is this, this is what I need for my happiness, or this is what I need to be whole, that's a level of authenticity I think that all high achieving women need to keep in mind. I understand we have to be on. We have to do all these kinds of things, but at what expense? Please be yeah. honest with yourself. Please be honest with yourself. And sometimes I think, too, I think part of the whole high performing thing is because we really are trying to run away from our authentic self because somebody has made us feel like mm -hmm. there's something wrong. And I know that you have a have a history in your childhood from trauma. And I yes, do, too. Yes. And, 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 I, and I'm yeah. hard. I'm hard pressed to find, especially a black woman, a woman of color of color who has not had some type of trauma. In their past. Yeah. And I know for me personally, I had to resolve that the reason I was trying to make the A's, the reason I was trying to perform well enough was mm -hmm. to absolve the part of me that had been told that I wasn't enough because of the way I was treated. Mm. or what I was told exactly. about myself, or what was mm -hmm. done to me. So how can that person who is trying to achieve her way into her own good graces, how does she even mm. find yeah. that authentic right. yeah. part of her? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the things that there's a couple of things and you hit the nail on the head that at some point in our lives, and, you know, when I work with my clients, sometimes one of the, one of my first questions, and it's so random, but usually it, it, it gets to that point. I ask, what is your first memory? Period. Not your first period, what's not your first memory of happiness, what, what is your first memory? And 95% of the time, that memory is going to be connected to something that was painful. It's going to be connected to something where you felt that you were supposed to be protected and you weren't. It is connected to a situation where you were scolded or made wrong for feeling like you're yourself. And when you and when and, and that continues throughout your childhood, and if it's left unresolved, you end up becoming this adult who carries on these same things. So you know the thing is is that you know, for example, I always tell this story, you know, especially because I work with body image and eating disorders in the, um, the black community. You know, growing up, I was the, the thickest girl in my class. You know, at 10, I was 5'7". You know, I was developed, all these kind of things. And I remember tennis skirts were all the rage. I don't know if you remember tennis skirts, but I, remember. I could not find a tennis skirt in my size to save my life. But all the girls at school had tennis skirts. Now, mind you, in the um, in the rules, we're not supposed to wear them, but people were wearing them. Whatever. I finally find one of my size, and I go to school, 
And as soon as I walked in that door, and I was jamming too. I had the skirt. I had some Chuck Taylors. I mean, I was with it because I had been looking. And it's no sooner did I go into my first period. This was high school. I get pulled out of the classroom. Um, oh, you, no, you got to go home. You don't allow tennis skirts. And as I'm looking out the door and I'm seeing, you know, the mean girls all walking in with their Skittles color. <laughs> and I'm like, Skittles colors, little tennis skirts on. And I'm like, well, why aren't you sending them home? And the response was, you, you can't do that because your body is different. Mm. And when I say I carried that my entire life and it resulted in me trying to make myself smaller, it made me shield my sexuality. It made everything about I can't do this because of the way I look. It took me so long to finally get to a point where I was comfortable with my body as it was. And that kind of stuff permeated into my relationships. It permeated into everything. I was so insecure, all of these kinds of things. And so I think that, again, when you, if the question is, how do you be authentic? You have to heal. You have to heal those moments when you were first told, this is what it is. This is what you're not. And say to yourself, but what if I say, this is not the case. What if I say that actually I can wear whatever I want? What if I say that, you know, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a dancer in New York. What if I say all of these things? And it's important for high achieving women to do that specifically if they're in fields that, you know, necessarily don't speak to their purpose. And, you know, a lot of times, but as a high achieving woman, we start out in something where the money is, where we're getting the bag, where everything is where it's supposed to be. But is that really where your heart is? Is that really what you want to do? And so start finding spaces, you know, find out the route, start finding spaces where you can start being more authentic, be around people who will let you be authentic. If you're around someone that you can't share your whole self with, then why are you around them? Because the more that you, you know, shut off those parts of you, it catches up with you and it shows Mm -hmm. up in other areas of your life. So you have to just start somewhere but at least start with when did you first start believing that falsehood? That is good. That That is so good. When when did it happen? Because I, I was having a conversation with somebody not too long ago. Well, actually, it, it was, uh, I was on an a Instagram Live, actually. We were talking about submission. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about mm-hmm. how how a lot of times the, the reason why submission is a difficult thing is because you have to feel safe. You cannot, mm, you cannot, absolutely. you can't make a person submit, but when they feel safe with you, there is no problem mm-hmm. with them making room for your voice, Correct. making room for your, mm-hmm. your experience and, and, and you expressing yourself yeah. and, and it's more reciprocal. And, and I was thinking about that when it comes to, to what we're talking about there, it's very difficult. If you, if you have been told that something's wrong with you, it's difficult. And it's mm-hmm. also difficult mm-hmm. when you're around. Or you people. have been made to feel unsafe. When it, exactly. Mm-hmm. You've been unsafe. made to feel unsafe. That sticks with you all the time. That sticks with you all the time. And that's why I think what you do and what we both do in our own ways is so important because so many people, and this is the thing that I think sometimes gets gets uh, high performing, high achieving, mission driven women Mm -hmm. strong women is we want to figure it out on our our own Mm -hmm. we think that Mm -hmm. if we need help with it that somehow it makes us weak but but you can't you can't see your own blind spot you can't Mm -hmm. see it and Mm -hmm. honestly I've tried and and I'm still working on it but girl when I'm good and triggered when something mm. bumps up into that pain, I mean, mm-hmm. like hits it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like everything goes blurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything goes it's like blurred. a blackout. Exactly. Yeah, you, you, you can't make you can't make the differentiation between friend and foe in that mm-hmm. moment. You know. Yeah. You just, you yeah. Just, you're just gonna respond. So 
it, how, how do you help people begin to look within, begin mm. to, to dive in those that they can't, they can't really do it on their own. They, they, yes, they really absolutely. can't. Really yeah. And so, yeah. And I see, and I think that that's where, you know, the importance of, you know, and, and I think that's what made me become a counselor too. Because a lot of times the work that you do is connected to your own pain, you know, that, and that's what, you know, we talked about that in P2P, right? Girl. You know, shout out to Patrice yes. and the P2P sisters, but it, it, that's kind of how it was. And so I, one of the things that I recognize, especially for those who, have experienced trauma. And, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that as Black women, there is a genetic trauma lineage that we have. It's in our DNA. Um, the body keeps the score. There's a book by, I think it's James Vanderbilt. And he talks about literally how trauma is ingrained in our DNA. And we pass it on to our kids the same way we might pass, you know, gray eyes or, you know, curly hair, et cetera. And so when we, and, you know, and just, and, you know, I'll say that it's partly reason why I left the U.S. too. You know, I was tired of being in this trauma response, right? And so I had to very, and what ends up happening, I did it late. I had to get professional help. Um, my, my deepest, darkest childhood trauma was when I was 10 years old and my mother was murdered by the man that she was dating. And that happened when I was 10. And this is something I saw physically. I experienced physically everything. And I made it all the way to about 28, 30, maybe a little bit younger than that, where my relationships, friendships, especially romantic relationships were, they were just in shambles. I went to therapy for that. And I started unpacking for the first time in my life what happened to my mother. And I remember saying to my, saying to my therapist, you know, I'm just re- really upset that I didn't, you know, I don't know, stab him when he would come into my mother's room or he would come into the room and try to sexually abuse us. I, I hate that I didn't go and tell the police because I was scared. All these things I didn't do. And she had to look at me and she said, you know, you were 10. When was the last time you looked at a 10 year old? Is that a reasonable expectation? Mm. But I think that's the issue. There's an expectation for us to be so strong that even the worst traumas, we're just supposed to be like, okay, just keep it going. You know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and that's unhealthy. That's unhealthy. And so it's just kind of like you have to, regardless of how small or how big it is, if it's something that was salient and something that put you in the sense of where you felt unsafe, it's your responsibility to break that down. And then more likely you can't do it by yourself because you can't see the blind spot. So for me, it's therapy. For others, you know, I'm always going to be a big proponent of therapy. I think the other part of it, too, is who you are spiritually, right? And, you know, this one is one of the things that I think that requires the most work for a lot of people, especially those who have been traumatized, is that you are told the same way that you are told you are a certain way. A lot of us are told how God is. A lot of us are told how these people show up. And the thing is, is that, but what if that version of your higher power is not helping you resolve the pain in your heart? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you willing to go into relationship and learn this person? And the way of learning yourself spiritually is to learn yourself. And so that's why I originally said committing to yourself. If you're going to get through this, if you want to get through the trauma, you're trying to fix it, you have to commit to yourself. And a lot of people don't know what that looks like. And that's really the journey to the healing that you need is to really just be able to say, okay, I'm going to commit to myself wholeheartedly and find the blind spots. And I'm going to get the help that I need. I'm going to seek the spiritual counsel I need. I'm going to do all of this kind of stuff. If you can do that commitment, make that commitment. And the thing is, it's hard. It's so nasty and hard. <laughs> and that's where we mess up because you high achieve and it's like, nope, I got means today, can't do it. Or nope, yeah. I've been too busy being the strong person. I don't have time to break this down right now. Okay. Or the fact that, hey, I've gotten this far. I've gotten this far. Why should I do anything now? Mm-hmm. And, your, and your romantic relationships are definitely... The look at your romantic relationships and that'll tell you where your work needs to be done. I feel like that's the clear mirror. That's the mirror. That's the mirror. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I had to learn yeah. that myself. That's the mirror. Because you can think you're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you can think you are feeling fine. You're you're doing you 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 can even find your purpose. You can do all these wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But your real test of just how healed you are, I have to agree, is what your intimate relationships are like. That is truly, it holds up a mirror. And you said something yeah, else, Alexia, yeah. that I wanted to, to talk about to explore even further, the whole spirituality thing, because, you know, also, mm-hmm. I think the black church is in our is in our DNA, too. <laughs> I, I'm hard pressed to find somebody that have, didn't have, Ooh, a, yeah. pray, didn't have yeah. a praying grandmother, you know, something like that, oh, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm here by a prayer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, you know. <laughs> but the thing about it is, and I'm yeah. sure you, yeah. you can unpack for us even further. There is a difference between spirituality, mm. connecting with your spiritual self and your church mm. self. Sometimes they are one flows into the other, but I'm sad to say, and I've been in church all my life. I mean, I've been church, church, like holiness church, like don't wear earrings, don't wear pants church. I mean, like that kind of church where. I remember you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Where Mm -hmm. you, you church, the whole church culture defined everything for you. And sadly, if you struggled with anything, struggle with Mm -hmm. humanity, your sexuality, your gender, struggle in any way, Mm. guess who you blame for it? Yeah. That old slew foot, that Mm. devil, (laughs) that Satan, that (laughs) enemy. Yes. You you could blame it or him for it. And if you quote unquote were spiritual, then you could bind him, mm-hmm. you know, rebuke him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. And mm-hmm. that was supposed to absolve you of the exactly. struggle. So exactly. if you were still struggling, then you won't rebuking him right or you won't spiritual mm-hmm. enough and you needed to check your your walk with God because. That was an indication that you weren't as close to God as you needed to be. And yeah. that's very problematic. 
This is real talk here. Uh-huh. And so, you know, my training, you know, I'm a, a, a clinical mental health counselor, but one of the things I love about my program is the Loyola, um, Loyola program in Maryland. Um, it's at, not in existence anymore. And I'm so sad because the beautiful, it was a pastoral counseling program. Pastoral not mean like it was a pastor, but there is a scientific um, kind of structure or academic structure of dealing with mental health. But a lot of times the spiritual is not included because they feel like that's something that cannot be scientifically boxed, etc. However, how can one spirituality be completely separate than their ability to heal and who they are, especially if it's how they grew up, right? It can heal, it can hurt, right? But the thing is, is that you have to find a way to get in relationships or an authentic understanding of the higher power that you need. And the higher power that you need may not be the one that you were told exists. For myself, my God is not punitive. You know, my God is, is, is just as cheerful and loving and excited about life as anybody else because growing up for me, I was always tired of feeling that the person I need to go to or guy who I'm supposed to go to, I can't go to him authentic. I can't go to him with sexual thoughts. I can't go to him because, you know, I, I can't even, you know, I can't even say something, you know, say a prayer if I have a drink in my hand. I mean, it's just, there was all these parts of me that I couldn't go to my God authentically for. And again, you know, kind of going back to relationships and being authentic, how can you truly be happy if there's parts of you that you cannot show up fully at, right? Yeah. How? There's no way. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, and especially if the relationship is with yourself. If you think about when you're in relationships with people, you accept those people, you accept them for their flaws, you love them regardless, you, you know, all these kind of things. If you can't do that for yourself, the first place you probably learned it is that you can't, you feel like you're not worthy. Because God says, I can only accept you if you're this, that, and the third. And so I think that, you know, if you are someone who's working with someone, I always say, don't be afraid to look at the relationship that you have with God. Don't be afraid to question that. Because the thing is, if this is a relationship I have with whoever it is, God, however you identify, whatever is sacred in your life, if this is something that's purely the energy that's helping you to be fulfilled, to live your purpose, to create the life that you want, you have to be in relationship with that thing so authentically, so 100%, so without abandon that there's no way that the, the traumas and the ills of life can break you down and keep you from recovering. And that's why I always talk about the, um, you know, the gifts and disappointment because it was my disappointments when things didn't go well and didn't go right, but to be able to have a relationship with self and a relationship with spirit to say that I'm worthy. And this is all a bigger part of the beautiful, amazing life that God of my understanding wants me to have. Because again, my God is impunitive. That's what I had to get to, you know? So even when I'm not perfect, my God is still like you, my babe, I love you, you know, and you can't do no wrong in my eyes. Okay. I see that. I don't like that. <laughs> but you're still my baby. And everything that I have for yours is going to be yours, right? Mm-hmm. When you have that type of unconditional love spiritually, you have that for yourself. You know, I tell all of my clients one of the best ways to get to know about who you are spiritually with God is right to him or her or whatever. And like literally have conversations, write letters, because sometimes you need it tangible. I needed not only a non-punitive guy, I needed a tangible representation. So prayer is great for me, but I needed to be able to write it down. I want to be able to go back and see what we were talking about. I wanted to be able to write down when I'm pissed, when I'm happy, all this kind of stuff. And that helped me become more authentic. So it's all connected when it comes to being enough. You have to, all those parts of you have to be intertwined. I love that you said that because that was the way I found my way to being authentic is I journaled. Mm -hmm. I had been so indoctrinated 
Mm. So indoctrinated that I could not audibly pray to God how I really felt, what I really thought without Mm. feeling such condemnation from all the scriptures I had been fed all my life and and their take on the scriptures. Not so much that the scriptures were wrong, but their interpretation of it to the point that I could not say, God, I hate him. I just really hate him. Mm -hmm. Just let that ride. Mm -hmm. Wait for Mm -hmm. him to respond. I would say like, I would say, Lord, I hate him. But I know your word says that that, that, that I shouldn't, you know, I start going through those scriptures and and I know your word says this and I know this. So Lord, you're going to have to help me because I really want to please you. And I know this is wrong. Right. And then this is the thing. And and God's saying here looking at you, but baby, I know you really do hate him. Yeah, or, or you ain't got a lot of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or even if you don't, he's okay with your words. He's okay yeah. with your expression of it. He knows yeah. how to interpret what you really, really mean, and the source of the pain that is coming from. And and we don't trust God to be able to decode thoughts and decode our words and read between the lines. And we don't we don't give him or her or whatever way you refer to that, that higher power. We don't give. And I call him him because I needed him to be a him. I, 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 you don't give him credit for being there even when you were conceived and following your journey all the way through and understanding why you are the way you are and why you relate the way you relate and why you respond the way you respond. Mm, And we uh act like he hadn't been here. (laughs) He don't know what's happening and we got to inform him, but also let him know, but we don't mean to be like this though. That's why we need you to help. That's why we need you to help because we don't mean to be like this because I really want you to love me and I know you can't love me like this. And so, so many people are walking around Mm. with that kind of weight. And for a long time, I had to journal my feelings because Mm. I was too busy trying to dissect them and analyze them and say it the right way. And and journaling gave me a way to just write it. And I had to do that for a long, long, long time. And Mm. then it finally got to a point where I could audibly pray to God. And I remember there was one time very telling. I was talking to God about something. And I literally heard this this voice inside of me, this awareness, I'll say, inside of me that said, I didn't ask you for all that. All I did is ask you how you felt. Because I heard I heard it say, how do you feel? And I started talking about how I felt. Then I started trying to explain how I mm-hmm. felt and why I felt that way. And I know it isn't right for me to feel that way. And I know I shouldn't feel that way. And, yes. I, just, and mm-hmm. I just messed it all up. And after a while, I was like, no, stop, stop, stop. Listen, I just asked you how you felt. Right. <laughs> yes. that's, that's all. And, and it took a while. It took. I can say it took a whole week of practicing. Yeah. Praying how I felt. No chaser. Mm. Mm-hmm. No chaser. No chaser. No mm-hmm. explanation. No censoring. No judging. Mm. Just saying it. And for a whole week, literally, I would just practice doing it. And I didn't get struck by lightning. Look here, you know, and, and I didn't quote get cursed with a curse, you know, all mm-hmm. these things that people tell you before I could say how I felt without any shame or mm. guilt or inner condemnation. Yes, yes, because that's trust. That's trust. You talk about people don't have a way of trusting God to do what he whatever he's supposed to do. That's trust. And I think that is also connected to the commitments you make to yourself. Because I think that a lot of times we fall back on the commitments we make to ourselves because we don't trust that God's gonna make a way for us anyway, right? And I think that especially happens in relationships. You know, I, it, you know, I think that all of us who are talking about, oh, I'm taking time out for myself. No, you're not. Because the thing is, is that you might not 
Um, you know, for example, you might not be in relationship with someone. You might be dating or whatever the case is, but you're still distracted. You won't spend the time that you lay on the phone on your bed with yourself or with God. You will not sit up here and allow yourself to at least fathom that, you know, I'm, I'm 40 something. I'm not in a relationship. I haven't had any kids yet, blah, blah, blah. Oh, everything's whatever. And you will try to move things around and say, well, I'm just going to, you know, I, I'm just going to, you know, focus on myself. But there is still an intention that you have of making something shift. And, and, and that has made me realize when it, in those situations where I'm not trusting, in those situations where I feel like I got to prove myself to this new person I'm dating, or I have to show up in a certain way um, with certain people. I have to be a certain way. If I remember that I am precious and I'm okay, I'm loved unconditionally, that if I decide I want to take a whole year off and I'm not talking to the, and, and I'm giving this to, to women who have an issue with a lot of failed relationships, it's, it's amazing how many people don't think they can do it. But literally, can you commit to, I'm not taking numbers, I'm not talking on the phone, I'm not going on dates, I am committing to myself like that. And I'm not talking for a month, a year, make it two, do whatever you have to. You're not willing to do it. Because the thing is, you're saying, oh, but I'm going to lose a year of time. I'm going to, well, where's your trust at? Where's your trust? And, and, and if anything, that's time for you to learn how to commit to yourself so you can be better equipped to commit to somebody else. Yeah, because if you're not enough for you, then how are you going to connect with somebody who thinks you're enough? If you're yeah. not interesting enough, if you're not enough for you to spend quality time, we're not just talking about getting your hair and nails done. Because a lot of times yeah. when people talk about taking time for themselves, Usually it's finding a way to get away from themselves. Yeah. Think about mm -hmm. it. Because when I go, when I go, when I go on a trip by mm -hmm. myself, usually I'm trying to figure out now what am I going to do while I'm on the trip? You're really trying to get away from that part of yourself that's causing you pain and discomfort. Mm -hmm. And you think if I go on right. a trip, if I go get my hair done, if I go get my mm -hmm. nails done, and ain't nothing wrong with any of those things. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. they are keeping you from truly looking within and doing that inner work, that is hard. It's hard until it's not. It takes a lot to dig past all those layers that have been put on you for years and all the things that have been calcified because we've neglected our own hearts and our own souls and yeah. our own well-being that it will take some time to get down underneath. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. And, and I, when you were talking, I was like, yeah, so how can, even when it comes to your spiritual connection, the, the reason yeah. I think a lot of people hang out at church or hang out at work, they're workaholics or they're, they're forever chasing something or doing something or involved in something is because you can't be intimate with yourself. If you can't be intimate with yeah. yourself, and I mean your divine self, you know, which is where the spiritual link really mm -hmm. is, right? Yeah, and I think that that's connected also to, and that's the thing, all of this is, you know, is all connected. You talked about surrender, right? This um, pandemic has really forced people to be in situations where they're out of sorts, you know, especially if you're an outgoing person, all these kind of things. You have all of these things that is saying, you know what, I probably should just stop dating for now. I should probably not entertain anyone right now. I should probably just focus on myself. You know what, I really need to click, get clear on who I am spiritually. I'm going to focus on that. I actually, you know, I need to get into therapy. You know, this situation with my child is really there. You can get so many, but what a lot of people do is they double down. They'll be like, no, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to join a, you know, I don't know, a, a, 
a tennis group and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to date, but everybody that I date, we're just going to, you know, talk on the phone or whatever the case is. You're still exchanging energy, right? You're still not giving yourself that focus, right? And people will double down when sometimes you just have to say like this enough, surrender. I know you don't want to go silent. I know you don't want to just be with yourself. I know you don't want to, you know, because it's scary. But the gift after that, the gift after that. And in my understanding, again, there's a lesson in every disappointment. You're going to be disappointed. I did. I have to be in a situation where I'm not going to date anybody because I kept being in these failed relationships over and over again. And it took my spiritual life coach to say, nope, you can't date. You got you got to just stop. And I'm like, I can't talk to people on the phone. Nope, can't go on dates. Nope, whatever. If I meet somebody and they give me a number, nope, sit in the trash. Are you crazy? I'm, I'm, I'm 30-something. I'm 30-something. You want me to be single for the rest of my life? But the thing was that I kept, I kept messing up every other place. And so it was just like, okay, Alexia, if you're not willing to commit to yourself, just commit to yourself. Six months gonna pass either way. A year gonna pass either way. What do you have to lose to give that commitment to yourself? Mm-hmm. And when I came out on the other side of that, those failed relationships were a no more. Mm-hmm. I can be happy in a relationship. I can be happy outside of a relationship. And most importantly, the relationship that's most important with this is me. So I'm flourishing. And there's something really beautiful when you can be in a relationship with someone else and focus on you at the same time and have someone to join you. That's the thing, Lexi. When you said that, I'm like, yes, because isn't that that's that's a problem that I hear a lot from women that say they lose themselves in relationships. They don't know how mm-hmm. to maintain their rhythm. And somebody else's rhythm gets yeah. added. When somebody else comes into the picture, it throws their it throws their rhythm mm-hmm. off. And, and so it's it's easy to, you know, I can be myself. I got my little thing going. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Then you throw yours in and I'm I'm I can't you you got your mm-hmm. own step and I'm trying to get my own step and it ain't it ain't working. And I think mm-hmm. that's what ends up happening where people get in relationships, they think they're fine, then they get in relationships. And the reason they lose themselves is because they haven't done the Mm -hmm. self work Mm -hmm. to be able to maintain their inner steady. I love how Michelle Obama called your inner steady, where she keep your keep be mindful of your inner steady, even though Mm, somebody else is in your life with their own way of being. And it does, it takes, it takes takes work to know who you are and maintain your sense of self, maintain your sense of value, or or like I say, be able to maintain your voice, your value, Mm -hmm. your vision when there's somebody else in your life. But that was part of my work as well. When I was going to therapy and a relationship coach was how do I learn to stay lock in step with who I am? without disappearing yes, yes, right. into somebody else's mm-hmm. agenda, presence, whatever needs, yeah. especially after as women, for yeah. many of us, we've been socialized to, dis- to disappear in our relationship, especially if it's a patriarchal one. Yes, yes. Socialized think, to, 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 to put oh, the man goodness, first or yeah. what is what he wants, it's, it's what he needs, it's what he thinks and so you defer to it because you're socialized mm-hmm. to do it. And it seems almost foreign to you to maintain who you are if he's saying, but no, I think this. Yeah. You know? And I think and, and, and that's the thing, you know, again, and it keeps I keep going back to these same things. Trust. trust. Surrender. The level of trust you have to have in yourself in your and self. spirit and who you are spiritually or just as, as, a, as a being, the level of trust you have to have to be able to walk into any relationship with someone else and be able to say that I'm enough just by myself. And you, you can add on that you trust yourself enough that I can be who I am and that's not going to affect this relationship. As a matter of fact, it's going to make it better 
that is when you know that you have done the work. And until you can get to that point where you can trust yourself to continue to be your authentic self in a relationship, until you can get to that, you're not going to, it's not going to work. Or you're going to just have a, a, a lifetime in relationships where you're, you're shrinking yourself, where you have to go home and take the tennis skirt off <laughs> while everybody else has theirs. So it's, it's really, that's, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. And I had to learn it. I had to literally, like you said, I had to go to somebody else uh-huh. and sit yeah. on somebody else's couch uh-huh. to figure that part out because I wasn't raised to have my own voice. I wasn't yeah. raised to to find my value from within. It was always, well, what do you think about it? What do you say about it? The authorities, if they disagree with me, then they were right and I was wrong. And the thing about it is I had not really learned that I could be trusted mm-hmm. until my late 40s. Yes. That's yes. a long time of adulting. It took my late yeah. 40s before I figured out I could be trusted. And it had to be proven. And that's why I tell my husband mm-hmm. the relationship I had before him was necessary because that was the relationship where yes. I proved to myself that mm-hmm. I could be trusted. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that Absolutely. I could be trusted, then I met him. Mm-hmm. And that's how it goes. You I did not meet my head. forever love until and, then. And that's the other thing, too, is that for those of you who are having those failed relationships, baby, Find the divine, <laughs> the divine, beautiful gift in that because you are giving feedback directly from the universe of what it is that you can work on. But if you're too busy being hurt, if you're too busy being resentful, if you're too busy doubling down, saying that, nope, I did everything. No, if you keep having these those disappointments, use that. Use that information. It's going to tell you. It's going to tell you the truth about who you are regardless of if someone was terrible to you. Because the thing is, there's something about you that allowed something like that to manifest. My grandmother always talks about you're the gatekeeper. If you are the gatekeeper, everything, if anything gets inside the gate, because you left it open, <laughs> you, you know? It open. So you have to be, so the thing is, look at those disappointments. It, my thing to anybody listening, if you just got out of a bad relationship, good, congratulations. You have the data that you need to let you know what you need to do. You have the data that lets you know that you need to get really fiercely with being authentic with who you are, to trust yourself, to commit to yourself. So you trust your ending knowing and not get into stuff that you know that's not going to work anyway. Because a lot of times we know it's the stuff that we already knew that breaks us up later. So anybody who's listening, make sure you do that and be willing to do the work, do the stuff that's uncomfortable, that makes you have to really just get stuck with yourself. And I'm telling you, the beauty that comes out on the other side of that, being able to trust yourself, being able to know that you are enough, that's a a love that is going to call the type of love that you want into your life. But you have to be willing to do that work. You have to be willing to break it down because the cracks is how the light gets in. Alexia, you were worth the Thank wait, you. and I appreciate you were worth the, wait too. the nuggets that you share with our listeners. Can you tell them how they can get in contact with you? Because if you need some therapy, you better go yeah. to Mexico. because she can take you there, honey. Look, I will take you there. Look, all and, and look, I'm all about it. So thank you for the opportunity. I love having this conversation. Yes, I am on Instagram. It is I am Alexia Nicole Smith. You can also go to my website, which is thedivineperseverance.com. Again, the divine perseverance. This is a journey. This is a divine right for us to persevere. And all of these disappointments, we're going to use them to fulfill our divine, divine purposes in our life. And I just thank you so much for this opportunity to share with your listeners. I hope it, was, I hope it, it touched somebody. Oh, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Well, listeners, you know the way I like to leave it. You are worthy. You are worth it. You are more than enough. Bye now. You have just listened to the Enough Factor Podcast. 
with your host, Suzette Bernard. To get notified of new episodes or to dig deeper into today's topic, become a subscriber. And while you're at it, tell us how we're doing and what topics you're interested in. We appreciate your feedback and your reviews. Until next time, remember, you are worthy, you are worth it, you are enough. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.